Hey, my name's Adam, and I am the West Shore Campus Pastor here at Coastline Church on beautiful Vancouver Island. Welcome to our podcast. All the content that you will find here is meant to point you to Jesus and encourage you in your journey wherever it is that you find yourself. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. It's always such a gift. Thank you, Pastor Adam. It's always such a gift to be out here with you. Um, you know, I don't get to see you as much as I'd like, but I pray for you often, and you're in my heart. And, you know, this is a new-ish, newer community for us as a church. Um, you haven't been here 100 years, uh, but Coastline has been. And, uh, and around this room are people that I have literally decades of relationship with, and some that I've just met in the last, you know, months. Maybe you came to conference. Uh, maybe we, we've had a chat somewhere. Maybe you've come all the way from Brazil. Is anybody from Brazil in here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I shouldn't have started that because I could go through the nations, right? Because uh, it's wonderful to see what God is doing with friends from all over the world being brought here and not being brought here uh, without purpose. Amen. I think God's doing something really amazing in his church, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. Today is a special Sunday because it, we have been in these three weeks of celebration. I want to thank you for being so flexible uh, and coming uh, down to Victoria to celebrate with us at the very beginning of this 100th anniversary season, celebrating the anniversary of the church with us. And, uh, you know, we've kind of been through uh, our past then at conference, it was all about an encounter in the present. And now we're going to talk about building the future. And so that's kind of where we're at this week. Um, what you're experiencing today is called Heart for the House Sunday. And this is an annual event for us. And so I'm happy to share um, about the opportunity to give toward the house. I just want to say, if you're a guest today, you're so welcome. And you get a free pass. This is a family talk. Uh, talking to people who are a part of this family, a part of the Coastline family. And I want you to understand one of the values we carry is generosity. And uh, it's something that we're not ashamed of. In fact, we think it really helps us uh, create the image of God's grace and generosity through our lives. And so we give big, we love big, and we receive big from God. And that's just kind of the way we live. And so, you know, all year long, we prioritize giving it away. We give it out in outreach. We give it out in ministry. We give it out globally. Uh, we give it out, you know, building our, our coastline farms and doing our mini markets and serving the community and reaching new people groups. And then beyond that, with all of our missions partners and all the work we're doing with projects overseas, we do that all year. We focus on that all year. And then once a year, we prioritize the house. And we say, okay, Lord, what can we do in the house? What are we into right now? What's happening right now? And um, this week, everything that you give today um, and this week will go to Heart for the House, which is this once a year special offering. And this year it's extra special. The reason why is because it's our 100th anniversary. And so not only is it Heart for the House, but it's also a legacy, like a 100 years of legacy that we're standing upon and that we get to appreciate and enjoy. And today's a day to celebrate. We have taken three weeks to celebrate. Somebody might be saying, okay, I think we're done. We, we know we're 100. Don't remind me how old we are, right? Yeah. But, but the reason why is because there's just so much to celebrate. And even on our, on our advertisements, on our website, posters uh, at, the, at the other campus, it says that we're here to honor the past 
embrace the present, and build the future. And so today is build the future. And here's one of the things that I've learned. And I don't know if you've experienced this in your life, but I certainly have. And I've seen it played out over these last three weeks. This is, I think, a spiritual principle. And that is that honor, which is what we did. We honored the past. Honor builds unity. And, and unity leads to encounter. You know, like Psalm 133 says, that where it's good and pleasant, where people dwell together in unity, it's like oil poured out. It's like the Holy Spirit poured out. And so unity leads to encounter. And then what I've discovered is when I have an encounter with God, encounter leads to generosity. Why? Because he's just so good. Amen? Let's try that again. Because he's just so good. Amen? Thank you, Pastor Adam. Thank you. Thank you. He's just so good. And so the, the kind of the question that I'm wrestling with, and I want you to wrestle with me today, is how can we, you know, in our moment, because this, this is our moment, right? This is our moment. How can we, in our moment, build a legacy through our church that will outlast us? How can we invest into something that's going to go much further than we will? Um, and, you know, this principle of honor bringing unity and unity leading to encounter and encounter fueling generosity is something that we see in the scripture over and over again. I want to take you to a place where that's present. We're going to look at the children of Israel actually in the wilderness with Moses. And we're going to see this story, the same storyline played out again. And I believe it's being played out right now. You know, we had our celebration where we honored the past. Then we had this incredible conference this last weekend where really we had a, a sense of encounter. And now here we are generosity, God's goodness is being birthed in us. And so when we, when we see the children of Israel leaving Egypt, they left as one. Because God wanted them to walk out of there with a sense of unity and purpose. We're, on this, we're starting this journey together. In fact, it was a, there was a couple times where Pharaoh, after one of the plagues he didn't like, said, okay, okay, some of you can go. And they said, no, no, we all have to go. Why? Because unity matters. Unity is impactful. And so they left Egypt all together. They started this journey together. And then what happened on that journey? Wow, did they ever have encounter. They had encounter with the power of God where they saw the Red Sea part. They had encounter um, with the provision of God as he provided manna and water from the rock. And they, they encountered the, um, the promises of God at work in their lives as he said to them, listen, I'm actually taking you somewhere. And they encountered the presence of God with a cloud every day and a pillar of fire every night. Man, it's incredible the encounters that they had. So they left in unity. They had encounter. And then Moses calls them to generosity. And we're going to look at this story where Moses calls the Israelites to give. We're going to see it in Exodus 35. And it's actually giving so that the, the tabernacle, or if you will, the tent of meeting, which is where God's presence was going to dwell, could be built. That was the whole idea. It really fits well with our concept of heart for the house. So look with me at Exodus 35. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded, from what you have. Can you say that back with me? From what you have. It's not what you don't have. But from what you have, there should be an offering. And that's, that's what he's saying to them. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. And then he says, everyone who is willing is to bring the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze. And if you keep reading, he talks about purple cloth and yarn and all kinds of stuff. Why? Because all of that stuff was needed to create 
the structure of worship and to create the place of worship and the place where God's presence would dwell, a house for the Lord. And this is kind of interesting because these are homeless people. Think about that. These guys are wandering in the wilderness, living in tents, and God says, would you prioritize my dwelling place? Would you give to my dwelling place? Would you bring your best for my dwelling place? And so I think it's quite beautiful that they were the ones that got to build, these homeless former slaves that got to build this place where the presence of God could dwell. Okay, but here's a real question. How did a nation of slaves get gold and silver and bronze and all this expensive stuff? And I just think it's so important to note that it's because God gave it to them. When they left Egypt, they didn't just leave. The Egyptians didn't just wave. The Egyptians were so perplexed by the situation that they found themselves in, so overwhelmed by God's heaviness on them that they said, here, take my gold, take my silver, take all my stuff, take it as you go, and please pray that your God will bless us. And so they just took the wealth of Egypt when they left. So they had all this gold and all this silver. It was actually quite beautiful. God gave it to them, and then he asks them to give some of it back. And this is probably the very best concept that we should carry in our lives about our finances, about money, is that we are stewards, not owners, right? We are stewards, not owners. God gave it all to us, and he asks us to give some of it back. Why? Well, because it's his, and he has plans for it, and he wants to use you, and you become an instrument of his blessing, and you receive great joy in generosity. And so he wants to partner with us. And so you say, hold on a second, I worked hard for my money. Well, I just want you to kind of maybe just back up from that just a bit. First of all, realize that it's all his. Why? Because even your ability to create wealth is from him. You know, the idea in your brain, where did it come from? The air you breathe, that's a gift, right? The, the soil that you stand upon, the, the raw material that you build with, the, the ingenuity and the ideas came from the, the complex gift of God in your brain. It's all his. <laughs> it's all his. And so there are times, there are moments where God says, okay, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to give. And this is one of those moments. Give back what God gave you, Israelites. That's what he's saying. And wow, did they ever give. They gave in the most amazing ways. You know, and I'm going to take you now just one chapter later to see how amazing their giving was because it's, it's quite shocking. It's actually quite a, a compelling example. Um, and, and Pastor Adam, I'm sure this is something that you've never said as a preacher. It's something I've never said, but Moses had to say it. And here's what it is. Exodus 36, 6 and 7. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. And here's the order. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because, they, because what, they had already, what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. They were restrained. It's like the pastor saying, guys, could you please stop giving so much? I can't handle it, right? We don't know what to do with the piles of money, Right? Yeah, I asked Pastor Ron, who was a pastor before me at our church, he was in the early service, and I said, Pastor Ron, have you ever asked the people to stop giving? He had no comment, right? 
you know, this is actually a powerful picture for us that, you know, when, when, when God puts it in your heart, and that's, that's really what I believe, when God puts it in, in your heart, there's a willingness, and there's a generosity, and there's a joy that goes with it, so much so that Moses had to say, okay, guys, we've got what we need. Praise the Lord. We've met the need. It's so awesome. It's a challenging example of willingness to build God's house, and, you know, it's interesting. One of the themes in this season has been immeasurably more. That's what we were talking about at conference all weekend, last weekend, immeasurably more. God is doing immeasurably more. And, and this is an immeasurably more kind of moment. It's like a mind-blowing moment. Imagine that being the next testimony coming out of Coastline Church. Pastor Andy had to tell him to stop giving. <laughs> it's going to take your imagination. <laughs> I believe the Holy Spirit is, though, placing a willingness in our hearts to be givers. It's out of encounter. He's been so good, and we just want to bless him. And um, he's giving you a heart for the house, a heart for this great church, this, this, this house with many rooms, this beautiful thing that he is building that, that has a passion for the whole of the island. And, and we want to see God's house built. We want to see God's house expand. We want to see God's house multiply. And we want to see God's house be useful for the next generation. Amen? I want it to outlast me. I want it to be stronger when I leave than it was when I came. That's my heart. That's my desire. And so here, you know, God will bless that when we move into that area of willingness. In fact, here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. He said, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. And then he gives us some parameters. He says, according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. That's important. Is this your season? Do you have to give? Then give. Is this not your season? Please don't feel guilt. Don't feel shame. Feel the grace of God. There's a day coming for you. And God's going to bless, you know, that, that, that diligence, that faithfulness, that faith. And that will be your moment. Maybe your moment's not today. But don't let yourself off the hook if you've got something to give. Let's be those kind of people who what, what really it is, I'm willing to give what I've got. I, I don't know if I can give what I don't have. I'll wait for that to come. I'll wait for that harvest to come. But the example isn't over. When we look at um, the children of Israel in 35 and 36 of Exodus, we can really applaud that. But you have to kind of go back. There's a story before this that really gives us a clue about the power of you know, wealth and possession and what it, can, what it can do for us. And it's back in chapter 32. And what happened is, is Moses was gathering the people together. He was, they were on their journey. They had already seen some miracles. And then Moses said, I got to go away and hear from God. God wants to give me the law. And so he goes up to the mountain and he was gone too long. And the people were nervous. They're, they're feeling like their, their journey is delayed have you ever been stuck in a delay? It's, it, it makes you feel unsettled. And they got afraid, and, and, and they started asking questions, and they said, maybe we should go back to Egypt. And Aaron, Moses' brother, was left in charge, and he's freaking out. He's like, there's a million of them, and they're all starting to murmur. They're, we've lost the unity. We're, we're in trouble here. And so he does something out of his fear to try to mitigate their fear. Does anybody see the problem with that? Right? And as a result... He led them into a grievous sin. And we can read about it in chapter 32. I want you to notice the material that's used in both examples. Here it is. And Aaron answered them out of fear, take off the gold. Everybody say gold. gold. 
gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. And he took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, the whole group of them said, they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. It's actually crazy. It's actually, it's a mind-blowing example of tunnel vision. And there's something here for us. There's probably many lessons, but let me just give you a couple. Notice the same material is used. One used to commit idolatry and the other to truly, purely worship God. One came first, that's important, and then God in his grace redeemed and said, see, here's what you didn't see. When I gave you that resource, it wasn't for this, it was for this. And that's part of what happens in us. It's like, why do I have this? Well, I had plans for this. Maybe God has a different plan for it. Yeah, yeah, but I've been saving. But maybe God has a different plan. Yeah, but I've got this goal. Maybe God has a different plan. I'm going to let God talk to you about that. But the lessons that we learn here is that we have to be careful with what God gives us. Don't respond with fear. If we respond with fear based on what we have, we see clearly what happens when we use our resources out of fear. And some of us have failed at times to give to God's house because we're afraid. We're afraid of what's happening in the world, afraid of the markets, afraid of the interest rates. That's a real fear, right? I mean, these things are real, but listen, let me tell you this. If you clutch what you have in fear, it will become a snare to you. It really will. And so the invitation is there. This invitation is there for us to make sure that our money, our possessions, our gold, if you will, is not becoming a snare to us. See, because God wants you to live in faith, not in fear. That's what freedom looks like. And some of you just need to say, I'm willingly going to give to God's house because I refuse to let the resources that God has given me be turned into an idol. I'm willingly giving. You know, Moses was asking for, for a willing gift. So you'll either give to God what you have, and he'll use it to build the kingdom, or you'll attempt to keep it, and you'll run the risk of building an idol. So that's an important balance, I think, for us. In fact, Jesus brings it out in his New Testament teaching, pulling these examples into the New Testament, and he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You've probably heard that before. Here's how I like to say it. Where your money flows, your love grows. Oh, mic drop. Did you hear that? Mic drop. That was a good moment. Thank you for whoever's helping me there. Where your money flows, your love grows. Where your money's flowing, that's what you're going to love, friends. And, 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 and the truth is where you, what you treasure reveals what you love. But here's the good news. Are you ready for this? Wake up, O oh sleeper. I'm talking to some of you. I see your eyes, your droopy eyes. That's okay. I love you. But you can choose to put your money into places where you want to have a deeper love. Did you know that? You can actually lead yourself by saying, I'm going to make that my treasure. Because here's what I've learned. Investment leads to passion. You want to love the church? Invest in it. You want to love your kids better? Invest in them. You know, you want to love that activity? You're going to have to invest in it. Right? Investment leads to passion. That's the way that it works. And so God's put passion in us as a church. We want to love this island. We feel called to this island. We've got a mission on this island. We believe the Lord's going before us. We believe there's churches to plant. 
there's communities to love on. There's people who are lost and hurting and broken that need the hope of Jesus. One area of concern that we've had is what's happening in education. And one of the concerns we've had is how are we going to help parents find the support that they need to find preschool care for their children so that they can work, so that they can live, so that they can have a balanced life. And so we've decided to take a phase of construction at the Victoria campus to build a daycare. And that's what we've been doing. And the government thinks it's a good idea. So they gave us one and a half, well, $1.45 million. Praise the Lord, right? Yeah. And so we're thankful. And we just want to be vision oriented. We felt like this was God. And so we're building down in, the, in, the, in our downtown location. But we still have this massive, passionate dream to buy property and build a vibrant church in the West Shore. Anybody in on that? We really want to do that. And we just believe that all these little pieces of vision that God's giving us at the Victoria location is supposed to be out here in the West Shore as well. Um, and so God's going to either give us a, uh, a church that's closed down and we can remodel or whatever, or he's going to show us a piece of property that we can, get, we can purchase and we can build on. And we would gladly do that. We're, we're dreaming about that. And so what we're doing right now is we're investing where we can, the best we can, so that when that moment comes, we're ready for it. We're ready for it. And so um, I'm going to kind of cut to the chase here. We've been doing uh, construction at the Victoria location as long as I've been the lead pastor. It's been almost a decade. <sighs> construction. But you know what? It's all vision-oriented. And so that, that fuels, fuels the, the mission of the church. And so... We're in, a, we're in an interesting spot right now, and it's a spot that it's really hard, okay, it's really hard because in many ways, not, this is not a belittling statement, it's just sort of an image for you. Parents love to give to their children. And so when I tell Victoria what's going on in the West Shore, they just like fund it. They're just like, great, what do you need? They're just going to fund it. This is now a maturing body of believers, and I want you to know that the resources flowing back into the central movement are strong. And so give yourselves a hand. You're giving. You're a giving church. It's beautiful. I want to thank you for that. But when we start talking about something at the Victoria location, it's easy to feel like the child, and why do we care what the parent needs? Like, it doesn't matter. They're, you know, they can cash in their retirement. They're fine, right? Um, we're the ones out here trying to build something. And so I get that tension. And so I'm not trying to put the parents' burdens on the children. That's not the point. The point is, is that we are a family. And until we can get that thing done, we can't go where we want to go. And so in many ways, it's the obstacle that, that is in front of the vision. And so I want to invite you to be a part of it. We're in a funny spot right now where the government's promised us money, but they haven't released it because we have to get to a certain level of completion on the project before the money's released. And so we're actually living in a $700,000 deficit. That's real money. And so what I did is I went to the board and I, I drafted a resolution and I said, okay, let's look at this resolution. Um, the obvious step then is to go to the congregation, the membership and say, can we borrow a million bucks to get this done? Um, but at the table, there, it was like a holy moment. And it was like God said through a couple of different people, like, I just don't feel right about that. I don't feel right about that. And I was like, I don't feel right about it. It's a million bucks. There's nothing to feel right about. And so they said, no, I think we're supposed to do this differently. And one of them spoke up and said, our church loves the vision. Our church is behind the vision. And our church is generous. And so I think we should take the need to the church 
We should tell them what we need. And we should say, will you help us? We don't want to go into debt. We want to meet this need. And so I'm bringing it to you. It's $700,000. It's real. Thank you. Thank you for, for being behind that. You know, and I can get all technical. I can be like, that's like 500 giving units, $1,000. We could, you know, um, I can get all technical, but I felt like the Lord said, just let me work. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm just going to let you work. But I know leaders should go first. And so I said, okay, guys and gals around that table, if you want to do this, then we need to, we need to make our commitment. And so the board sat together, leadership team, and I said, you're going to pray. Pray with your family, with your spouse. If you, if you have a spouse, you pray with them. And then let's decide together what we're going to do. So I'm on the leadership team. And so myself, along with the others, we prayed. And we talked to uh, those who actually um, are, have a vested interest. And the leadership team has committed $41,000 to the project as seed to say, okay, we're getting involved. Wow. We want to be involved. So, yeah, I... I think that's important to say, not pat on the back, but like we aren't just asking you to do something that we don't feel in our hearts. Like we do, we believe God said, don't take out a mortgage on, don't ask for more indebtedness from the car. Just let's do this together. And so that's our commitment. So that's going to be coming in. And I'm going to ask you if you would do that exact same thing that you might say before God, it's all I ask. It's all I ask of you. God, what would you have me do? What would you have us do as a, as a family, as a couple, as an individual? What do you want me to do? And just obey God. Because, you know, if the Lord is leading us, and goodness, we've had honoring celebrations, we've had encounter, and now we're moving to generosity. I believe part of this move, this beautiful move of God, is generosity in our hearts. And so let's just let it come out. Let's just let it come out. Some of you might be going like, I wondered why that extra. We actually had extra money in our account. And we were like, why is that money there? We traced it back. We found, we found where it came from to the glory of God, but, um, but it's still extra. So we're like, God, you gave us what we need so that we can be a part. And it may be like that for you, um, where it's like, wow, I do have this. And so I want to ask you, those of you who can give much, give much. Those of you who can give little, give little. Let's do it together. And let's watch how God does a miracle. I'm going to be so thrilled to come and say, everybody, that's enough. We have enough. We have more than enough. And I promise you, I promise you, if we get to that 700 mark, I will tell you as soon as we get there. And then if you decide you want to give more, great, but that will be our moment. I want to do that. That would be amazing. Oh, you know, I, I just know the Lord's, the Lord's doing something. So here's, here's how I'd like us to engage in this moment. Um, Josh, can you come? We're going to sing a song. And this is, gives us just a little bit of space for the Lord to speak to our hearts, okay? So, um, you know, you can stand or you can, you can sit. I think maybe just sit. And we're going to sing this song. And, um, and as this song is sung, I'm just going to ask you, just reflect and just ask the Lord. If you're with your spouse, maybe you want to take their hand. If you're uh, here by yourself, maybe you just you want to just close your eyes in with the Lord and just say, Lord, I'm, I'm willing. My heart's willing, because that's what Moses said, those of you who are willing. Uh, my heart's willing, and I'm going to ask, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want us to do? And let's trust that the Lord's going to speak, right? He's going to speak. And then I'll come back and I'll, I'll pray with you, okay? Let's reflect for just a moment.
church had an outstanding debt right in the middle of the Great Depression. And it was significant. Pastor was living on less than $2 a week. Uh, people were surviving in bread lines. They were living on gas rations. The Great Depression hit Canada harder than the U.S. It was a bad year. And there was an outstanding debt. And this is in our annals, in our archives. And they called together the church and said it's it's almost Christmas, but we're going to ask you for something. And this was the term they used. On December 18th, we're going to take a self-denial offering. It's not a term we use, is it? 
but it was significant, significant enough for me to remember. And that's part of, been part of my prayer. Lord, what does a self-denial offering look like? This close to Christmas? Listen, you have till the rest of the year to give to Heart for the House, and I appreciate you considering that, but maybe ask, what does self-denial look like? Is it one less Christmas present? Is it, you know, is it, uh, is it no more trips to Starbucks this year? Is it maybe take my lunch to work? What, what does self-denial look like? I, I think there's something there, friends, and it's a beautiful part of our legacy. We actually stand on that legacy. They cleared the debt. And in a couple of years, our first building was bought. The church has marched on. There's, there's these key moments where we give to secure the future. Amen? Amen. God bless you. I love you, and I want to pray for you. Lord, thank you for the sensitivity of heart that you're giving us, the willingness to listen to your voice and do what you ask us to do. And so I just pray now for clarity. I pray grace in Jesus' name, no shame, no guilt, just grace and joy. And Lord, place a willingness in the right hearts so that we can do what you've called us to do because we certainly do have a heart for the house. So we bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.